You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Yeah, all welcome this morning. Yeah. Um, I believe that there's nothing better than spending time with the Lord. You see, you have to get to a point where being with him is more important than any other thing. You have to get to a point where it is something you enjoy more than any other thing. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. There is, there is no experience that can be measured There's no experience. There's no human experience that can be measured. I'm telling you. There's a place you get to where um, words cannot explain. Words are not enough. Words are not enough to express um, what it means to be with him. To enjoy intimacy with him, fellowship with him. Oftentimes, I'm looking. I look forward to the time when I won't have anything to do but just to be with him. Yeah. Um, we have so much to take care of in life. We have to think about so many things. But I would like to recommend to you that you, you make time. Somehow in your busy schedule, whatever, you have to create it. Find a way just to, just to spend with him. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Not any activity, nothing. Just, Lord, this, I just want to... Spend this time with you. I've shared the story before of this guy. This happened many years ago. Um, I think in Scotland or so. Either Scotland or Wales. This miner, he got saved. I think it happened in the 1900s or so. He got saved and... Uh, each time on his way to work, he would stop at church. He would, he would stop at church early in the morning. Stop at church and he would just say, Jesus, this is your friend. Um, let's say his name is Joe. I don't remember his name. Let's say his name is Joe. He says, Jesus, this is your friend Joe. I just want to say good morning to you. I just want to say good morning to you and uh, I want us to have some time before I go to work. And then from there, he goes to work. He does this like on a daily basis. All right? On his way, he leaves home early enough and then he stops at church 
And it's not as if there are people there. It's like, it's his personal time. It's his personal time. So he's, the church is usually open. It was during the revival and all of that. So anybody, anytime. And he would stop. Your friend Joe is here. And I just want to ha- spend some time with you. And I want you to know what you mean to me. You're so special to me. And, you know, he would just pour out his heart. Pour out his heart. And then after that, go to work. And one day he took ill. He was admitted in the hospital. But what pained him was that time that he would stop to fellowship with the Lord. So while in the hospital, he was upset that he would not be able to make it. And guess what? Jesus walks into his into his hospital room. And he exclaims, Jesus, what are you doing here? And Jesus looks at him, smiles at him, and he says, you couldn't come, so I came. (laughs) Huh? Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. He says, you couldn't come. So I came. So you see that the Lord took that serious. And it's not that each time he went, he would see Jesus. He would just sit down by faith and fellowship with him. Just by faith. And now he's upset in hospital that he's not able to have that time of intimacy with the Lord. And the Lord walks into his hospital room. You couldn't come, so I came. The Lord honored that appointment. Sometimes we don't realize that God honors appointments. When you have an appointment with the Lord, you need to take it serious. Yeah. So, you cannot allow your relationship with God to be so casual that there is no sense of awe. There is no sense of, you know, you're not looking forward to it. What kind of relationship is that? It is a serious relationship. In case you don't know. He takes it serious. Maybe you take it lightly. But he doesn't. He doesn't. He wants to have time with you. I know you're busy. But if you would notice, all the things you are busy with cannot give you life. (laughs) Am I correct? They cannot give you life. They cannot give you breath. (laughs) Yes? They cannot. 
They cannot give you joy. They cannot give you peace. Yes. They cannot give you strength. So the one that can give you what matters the most, you don't have time for him. How? Where is the wisdom there? Huh? I am so busy. Hey. Busy, 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 busy. Especially in Joburg, my goodness. Ha! Joburg is a busy place. Huh? A busy place, but in all your busyness, I recommend that you fight to make it part of your lifestyle that you connect with Him. If you want to be fulfilled in life, there is no compromise. That is the way to do it. Amen? This morning I want to share with you on another aspect of the name of God. El Kana. <laughs> Somebody is smiling. <laughs> huh? El Kana. And the kana here is as in Q-A-N-N-A. All right? So, Elkana, this is where the Lord reveals himself as a jealous God. <laughs> yeah. This is where he introduces himself in Exodus chapter 20. We see here in the Ten Commandments, when he gave the Ten Commandments to Israel. Remember that Israel was a special nation and still is a special nation to God. They have gone through a lot in Egypt. 400 years. Suffered a lot of oppression. God takes them out of, of uh, bondage. And he is taking them to the promised land. The land that he promised Abraham. But along the way, God decides to enter into a marriage relationship with Israel. He, be, he decides to enter into a covenant with them. Okay? You see that in chapter 19 of Exodus where God... Is telling them how they are a special nation to him. His purpose was for them to be a kingdom of priests, right? 
He wanted to have a kind of relationship with them like no other. And we know that as time went on, Israel decided to back up from this relationship. God's plan was for them to be a kingdom of priests. But they decided, Moses, you go and hear God for us. We don't, we're too scared of this God. Meanwhile, that was not his plan. Exodus 19, let's look at that first. This was at Mount Sinai. Verse 3 of Exodus 19, Moses went up to God and the Lord called him, uh, called to him from the mountain saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Okay? Brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. You shall be what? A special treasure to me above all people for all the earth is mine. Can you think of a New Testament passage that is similar to this? First Peter chapter 2. Hmm? Special people. Look at what he says. Next verse he says, And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests. Come on. And a holy nation, these are the words with which you shall speak to the children of Israel. You shall be to me a what? Kingdom of priests and a holy nation. You read First Peter chapter 2, you see similar words. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Come on. That was their calling. They backed away from that calling. Why? God wanted the entire nation to be a nation of priests. A kingdom of priests. But they would not. Why? Because when God came down and began to speak with lightning, with thunder, and all of that, they shook, they got so scared, and they said, Moses, you go talk to God. We don't want to experience this. Like now, if God should come to you, I don't know how you react, but imagine he comes down and in his glory. A lot of times when he comes down, he kind of 
shrouds, he, he, he covers and minimizes some of that so that you can handle it. But here, he came raw. It was raw power. Even the mountain was shaking. Come on. Yeah. In fact, they say that up till today, Mount Sinai, huh? if you look at the top of the mountain, you will see that it is black. On top, it's, it's, it looks burnt. The top of Sinai. That's where God came down. Physically, it burnt. The consuming fire himself came down, and when he came down, Yeah. One day when God blesses me, I want to go there and see it. But I've seen pictures of it. I've seen, I've seen it where you, know, you can see the top of it. Compared to all the other places, that part looks burnt. So when they saw all of that, they said, no, 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 no. But they didn't realize God wanted them to see how real he is. I think our generation needs God to introduce himself like that. So that we can fear him. Okay? So it was because they refused that God now chose the tribe of Levi to become priests. That's the tribe of Moses. It wasn't part of God's perfect will. His perfect will for the, was for the entire nation to be priests. But now, if only one tribe was chosen because of the people's disobedience. They pulled back. Like some of us, God is saying, come to me, come closer. No, no, I'm too busy, I'm too tired, I'm too... Yeah? You don't know what you're missing when you don't spend time with him. So now, let's keep to chapter 20, God now gives them some commandments. We know the Ten Commandments, right? He says, and God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. No other gods allowed. Incredible. It says in verse 2, you shall have no other gods. Okay, sorry. Verse, three, verse 4, it says, you shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, all that is in the earth beneath, all that is in the water under the earth, you shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, 
to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Huh. So when you hear that God is jealous, you think of jealousy in your context. You don't understand God's jealousy. If you check the Hebrew, this, the, the jealous, the word for jealous here, kana, uh, um, um, it actually, it's, it's not the kind of jealousy that you think about. It's not a negative jealousy. This is the kind of jealousy that, in fact, the same word kana is sometimes translated zeal. Zealous. So when somebody is zealous for God, that's a kana. <laughs> so God wants the best for you so much that he's zealous for you. And he knows that the only way you can have the best is to turn your back from serving other gods. Because he knows that when you serve other gods, you will miss the best for you. So his jealousy is for your benefit. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? A lot of times, human jealousy is to the benefit of the person. Isn't it? You, you, uh, okay, I'm jealous of you. You have this. I don't have that. Huh? That's human jealousy, right? Yeah. Mm. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm jealous of Irene. She has a good job, a better job than me, so I wish I why can't I be the one? You see, that's how human jealousy works. <laughs> it works differently. Hmm? But God's jealousy is the other way around. It's like, no, you deserve better. <laughs> Can you see? Yeah, you deserve better. You deserve the best. No, you are too good for this. That's how his jealousy works. So because of that, he is so zealous for you to experience what he has ordained for you. And that's why he says, you shall not bow down to them. Don't bow down to them. Don't. It will rob you of your destiny. Don't worship them. Why? I, the Lord your God, I'm a jealous God. I'm a jealous God. I'm jealous for you. <laughs> I'm jealous over you. So you now begin to understand, like, look, God has even gotten into a covenant with them, and this covenant has benefits. Do you get what I'm saying? There are benefits with the covenant. But when you begin to worship other gods, 
you lose, you forfeit the benefits of the covenant. So, God's jealousy is to bless you. <laughs> it's not to bless him. What, 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 do you, what do you have to add to him, really? Come on. What can you contribute to God? Either to make him better, to make him greater. Huh? What, what do you have to give him? Nothing. If I say, if I'm hungry, I won't tell you. Do you know the millions of people worshiping God right now as we speak? Both in heaven and on earth. So, isn't, isn't it a privilege for you? Yeah, it is. Now, okay, when you don't spend time with God, who loses out? Is it God or you? It's you. So when he's jealous over you, to have time with you, it's so that he can bless you. <laughs> Do you see? But because our understanding has been whacked by sin, and we, 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 we only think... Um, in earthly terms, we don't understand the jealousy of God. Hmm? Our God is a jealous God. He introduced himself that way. So, he cannot be unrighteous. If he says he's a jealous God, you, you, you cannot just think that it's bad jealousy that you are, you are trying to avoid. Okay? Yeah. So our God is a jealous God. Look at what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 23. It says, Take it to yourselves, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make yourselves a carved image in the form of anything which the Lord your God has forbidden you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire. A jealous God. Huh? Kana El. Jealous God. Oh, I'm jealous. I'm a jealous God. In fact, in another place, he calls his name Jealous. <laughs> so when you worship him, you need to worship the Jealous God. <laughs> when you are caught in a situation where it's like you're not getting the best in your life, you need to invite his jealousy. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, you are a Jealous God. You to come and manifest your jealousy in my life. Hallelujah. That's who he is. Isn't that amazing? All these revelations 
and teachings on the names of God should enhance your relationship with him. Okay? They should enhance your relationship with him. They should enhance your prayer life. They should enhance your worship life. Because worship is based on revelation. You need to know what you worship. If you don't know, you can't worship. Okay? So that is important. God does not want you to provoke him to anger. He is so passionate about you. You you have no idea. You have no idea. His fire will will burn because of you. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Why? Because what he wants what he wants for you. But you know what? The devil will lie to people because they're going through some temporary situations. He will lie to them that God does not love them. He will lie to them that God has turned his back on them. The times you think he has turned his back on you, if you will open your eyes, you will see that those are the times he's even closest to you. But you don't know because you're in the flesh. You're in the flesh. So you're depending on your sensations and your feelings to determine this God. You can't trust your feelings. Hallelujah. Let's look at 1 Kings chapter 19. Got an interesting passage here. A popular prophet. This was uh, the prophet Elijah. Hmm? Remember that story? This man. This is the prophet that shot the heavens. I mean, can you imagine? Stop praying. There are people that have power with God. We need that kind of power today. Don't you think so? Where you'll stand and say, Mr. President, if you don't do this, or if you go this way, this is what's going to happen. We need to have a man of God in Nigeria like that. That he will talk to the government. He said, if you try this, your government will be destroyed. And they try it before you know it, they're out. <laughs> huh? God told him to go on TV. He goes to the TV station and he tells the manager, the Lord asked me to be on TV. I need a slot. <laughs> I need a slot on your channel. The guy says, no, you're not getting any slot. This TV is not for religious purposes. This station is not for religion. He says, okay, you know what? I'm traveling, I'm going to the States. By the time I come back, I'll be on TV. You won't be in this office. Come on. 
Hallelujah. They traveled. You know what? That guy was fired on TV. He got his resignation. <laughs> he just saw that he had been replaced. And guess what? He was replaced by a reverend. So by the time the man of God came back, went straight to the TV station, and there was a new, new director or whatever. Oh, Reverend, ah, good to see you. Huh? He said, yeah, I need a slot on the TV. Oh, okay, what time do you want? And it was done. Come on. We need people that walk with God. Huh? You think, you, sometimes some people think they own your future. Or they can determine your life. They have no power to do that. Yes. So there are people that walk with God like that. Elijah closed heaven. He closed heaven. Can you imagine? Over a whole nation. It's like saying now, I stand up and I say, the whole of South Africa, no rain or dew until I say so. You know what it is like when there's drought? No rain, one year. Two years, no dew. Dry. Three years. Huh? And so, this is the prophet we're talking about. Right? Some of you have that kind of power, but you don't know. It's waiting for you to enter into it. But you don't know. Because you are not walking close enough with him. You're not in the kind of you are not in the kind of relationship where you can act on his behalf. You know, you can only act on someone's behalf when you've been with him. Huh? It's like it's like now an ambassador. There is no country that has an ambassador that has not had audience with his president or king. It's not possible. How can you be an ambassador? It's like American ambassador to South Africa has not met the president of the United States. It's not possible. How can you be an ambassador? The, the, the president himself is the one that will commission you to represent him. So you have to have an audience one-on-one. -on -one. Hello? Yeah. That's how they appoint amb ambassadors. One-on-one. -on -one. So your ambassador for Christ. Uh, have you had your one-on-one? -on -one? <laughs> yeah. Yes. So when, when the, the ambassador is appointed from the United States, for example, he comes to South Africa, and guess what? He has to have an audience with the president of South Africa. It's, 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 it's compulsory. He cannot start his work until he has met with the president face to face. Yeah. I'm telling you. That's how it works. 
My mom was a diplomat, so I know these things. That's how it works. So they will come, they will schedule the meetings, whatever. He has to wait. If the president is busy, he will wait until the appointed day. And he will go. He will meet the president. They will shake hands. They will take pictures. He will send a picture to his country. Do you understand me? I have met him. And the president will welcome him. And then his work begins. But many of us are ambassadors for Christ. But <laughs> you don't even know what he's saying. <laughs> How are you going to exercise his authority? I want to provoke you to jealousy. Yes, I want to provoke you to jealousy this morning. Your God, is, your, your God is a jealous God, but you need to also be jealous for Him. Yes? Now, let's see, let's see. First Kings what? Chapter 19. Let's read from verse 1 quickly. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. The prophet is running. And he went to Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, It is not enough. Now, Lord, take my life. He became suicidal. I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. May angels come and give you food. <laughs> then he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. Can you imagine a meal that can sustain you for forty days? power. Hallelujah. This, this meal will not make you, it, I mean, the energy is out of this world. 40 days. I wish I could have that. Sometimes food looks, do we have to eat? Must we eat? I, I, just, I just don't understand. Huh? If I can just have a wafer that will keep me for 40 days, my goodness, then we go. (laughs) 
we have to eat, right? <laughs> Some of you are looking at me strange. <laughs> it's just a feeling. <laughs> All right. So he went into a cave, right? And spent the night in the place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? My prophet, what are you doing here in this cave? Now look at what he says. So he said, I have been very, what? Zealous, Zealous for the Lord God of hosts. I have been very kana for the Lord of hosts. If you like, you can say, I've been jealous for the Lord of hosts. Why? He says, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant. Huh? And torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left and they seek to take my life. He ran away for his life because God still needs a prophet in the land. But I want you to see that that same word is being used here for zealous. Same word. We need to be zealous for him. We need to be passionate. Passionate. Hey. That's important. That's how God feels about you. So when he says he's a jealous God, he is. He's intense when he comes to you. <laughs> Amen? Especially for you to have the best. And he knows that he's the best for you anyway. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. He knows that just by being with him, your life will be so enriched that there is nothing that can be compared to that. That's what his jealousy is all about. So, we see that Elijah the prophet is also Zealous for God. It's also canal for God. And we know how the Lord spoke to him. Um, if you read on the story. Hmm? The Lord was able to strengthen him and the Lord spoke to him. God gave him direction and all of that. But I want you to see that what made Elijah the kind of man he was is his jealousy for God. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, his jealousy for God, his passion for God made him to stand out distinctly in the entire nation. Why? Because it's a nature, it's a nature of God that he manifested. So if your God is a jealous God, that means you can be a jealous person in a positive way 
Do you understand? Not Satan's jealousy. Satan's jealousy is the earth's jealousy that, you know, destroys relationships. But God's jealousy fixes relationships. <sighs> Hallelujah. Yeah. It makes things better instead of splitting it apart. No, no, no. It, it, it enriches your life. It enriches the lives of people. Paul said of the church of Corinth, he says, I'm jealous over you. You understand? Yeah. So we can have the same nature. We can have the same nature. Why? Because we are made in his image. So if your God is a jealous God, you are jealous right. You should be. <laughs> you should be. The same kind of jealousy. The jealousy that wants the best for people. The jealousy that, is, that will cause you to go to any extent to enrich somebody's life. The jealousy that will cause you to sacrifice whatever just to ensure that somebody is in a good space. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. That's what the Bible is talking about when it says, you're God, I, the Lord, your God, I'm a jealous God. Don't bow down to those images. They will rob you. They will rob you of your destiny. They will rob you of your life. They will rob you of your blessing. They will rob you of the covenant benefits you're supposed to enjoy. They will rob you. Don't bow down to them. Don't. So, a lot of times we read that, we think he's saying, don't bow down to them because I'm jealous that you are <laughs> that you are worshiping other gods. No, I beg to differ with that. No, no, no. I'm jealous over you because they are going to take you into a mess. You see, it's different from how we understand jealousy. Totally different. That's why he doesn't mind consuming anything that's going to come against you. <laughs> Hallelujah. He doesn't mind manifesting his fiery nature just to ensure that you are preserved. And that his will is done in your life. And that you enter into your inheritance. Glory to God. May we be delivered from satanic jealousy. Amen. And may we walk in divine jealousy. Amen. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. I receive that in my life. I don't know about you, but I receive that kind of jealousy. That kind of godly jealousy. That kind of holy jealousy. That will fight to ensure that people have the best. Hallelujah. And with this kind of jealousy, you are not going to begin to tear people down. No, 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 no. You'll be building them up. You get what I'm saying? This is very important in this last day. Because in this last army, we cannot afford to operate without this jealousy. We need it. 
We need it to be boiling hot. Hallelujah. We need a kind of passion that is hot, boiling. To see the will of God done in people's lives. Telling you. Whatever I do, take. We will do it. Time is gone. Let's, let's just pray. Why don't we pray? Let's pray for the jealousy of God. Yes. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.